The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is a stream freedom audio bulletin. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek and myself, Mike. Um, But this week it's almost the the Dashing Trio because we're also being joined by a a guest who is very dashing himself. uh, Joe Finfera, who has been on many, many different projects. Um, and we'll get into that shortly. Uh, but before we do, how's everyone doing? I'm I'm great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, we love having you on, Derek. How about you? How are you doing? I'm glad it's Friday. I have Friday tomorrow, <laughs> so um, I'm going to throw this. Since my dog is wanting to go out, I'm going to throw up this toss-up question. I'm still going to be able to hear it. Um, Joe, you just recently, or is, is about to come out, you're involved with a project with Paul Rodriguez called Cholo Zombies. Can you tell us That's a little right. bit about it? I'd, I'd, I'd love to. And of course, they would love me to as well. Oh, I, uh, you're a really nice chair. Uh, so, so Cholo Zombies is a movie <laughs> that's scheduled to, to show up on um, August. Uh, it's August 24th. I'm sorry, um, October 24th. And and they're 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 doing it differently. They're not going to release. You know, obviously you're not going to have a, a film release um, in theaters because of what's going on right now. Right. In fact, a lot of right. having problems. Problems. So, um, what they're going to do is we're having a premiere at a driving movie theater in here in um in the Hollywood area, which is pretty darn awesome. Oh, so that's uh, cool. That, isn't that cool? I mean, the last See, time I went to a drive is, movie, yeah. The last time I went to a drive-in movie, and I, I'm going to go all over the place because I'm a little, you know, attention deficit stuff. But, but I was, I was in, uh, I was a youngster, and I saw, and this, is, this is funny, but I saw Fiddler on the Roof was the last movie I saw in the drive-in theater when I was a kid, and it was in my my town of drive-in theater. And of course, it, it no longer existed. But you know what? That is the future right now is going to be drive-in movie theaters. It's, I think they're going to make a comeback. Yeah, it, they are going to make a comeback. Yeah, I hope so. Last, but you know, I, I don't think this thing is going to end just like a light switch. We're gonna, we have to accept a new norm, and then how do we operate from that? Because otherwise, we're going to drive ourselves crazy if we expect everything is going to go back the way it was 
we're in for a rude awakening. And I think yeah. we just have to accept, here's our norm. Here how things are. Let's build from this. How can we go and make things better from this? But but anyway, the uh, I'll go I'll go back into that. But the, 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 the film is called Cholo Zombies. The crazy thing about this movie is um, it was uh, we started filming this thing before there was ever a word about a virus. We knew nothing about it. Nothing was happening. It was filmed way before. And this Cholo Zombies is about a virus that turns people into these Cholo Zombies. And uh, uh, Paul Rodriguez is in it. So I'm, I'm really happy to work with such a great talent like 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 he is and like him. And uh, it, it's hilarious. The, the movie's going to be it's kind of a cross between uh, the Santa Clarita diet and uh, and um, what's the movie with um what was the movie? Uh, Beetle, uh, Beetlejuice. It's kind of a cross okay. between Cholo and and it's kind of gory, but it's it's funny gory. It's coming in a Halloween time, so it's going to fit in with the Halloween theme. But but if you like, I mean, it's kind of gory. So, but it's the funny gory, and you'll like it. And, and think about you know when you have somebody like uh, uh, Paul Rodriguez in it, you know it's going to be hilarious. Because I don't think I've ever seen him anything that's not hilarious. But uh, we had a blast making it. The the director came to me um, back. I think it was it was actually probably six months before the epidemic started and said, hey, I want to do this movie. It's going to be funny. It's just we're just going to have a good time. It's called Solo Zombies. I want you to be a reporter. And he didn't really give me a name yet. And I'm like thinking, OK, well, you know, and I'm like, well, and have, you know, I'm going to do this part, but no character name. I'm just a reporter. So I thought, well, I'm going to give myself a name. And uh, so I, I toyed with uh, I, I called myself Mike. I gave myself my own character name and it was a wolf. Cooper, and it was uh, after Wolf Blitzer and Anderson Cooper. If they had a child, that would be they. So, uh, so, uh, so I literally, and, and then I play a reporter, uh, you know, reporting on on the this zombie virus that's going on, and uh, um, it's it's just absolutely hilarious. I, I had a blast filming it, and um, you know, what they're doing is instead of putting on a platform, they can't release it in a film, and they don't want to do an Amazon thing, and they don't want to do Netflix. What they're doing is major self-promotions and where basically you go online and you can buy the film online and I think you're going to start seeing a lot of films like that you know either if they don't go Netflix or Amazon they're just going to say hey go to it's really cholozombies.com exactly as it sounds it's going to be we're having the once we have the premiere on October or or, October 24th they're going to release the the film out to everybody but it's it's hilarious and you can own it just go to cholozombies.com zombies.com and you can you can see the film but it's it's absolutely hilarious i had a blast uh, uh filming it um my last day of filming was i think really it was back in i think january or so it was like it was the the virus was going on and nothing was technically shut down yet so right. when you just knew about it you were just kind of like anybody that sneezed or coughed you're kind of skeptical of them you, you give them a funny look like wait a minute you know and uh right. so but but it wasn't like it is now that you know, God forbid, if you sneeze now in public, <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> and I'm a sneezer. I'm not a quiet sneezer either. So <laughs> anyway, so uh, so yeah, cholozombies.com. Go and buy it if if you like. You know, if you like, we want to have a good time, and if you like Santa Clarita Diet, so I'm going to pitch Santa Clarita Diet too. That's funny as hell. I binge that right away. I just love that. But I think you'll love Cholo Zombies, and you never know. I mean, mm. part of the future they want to do is is turn into something that could be uh, a series as well. That's what's going on nowadays. It's I 
think you're right. seeing you're going to see a different world with everything. I just saw something online where a comedian, um, instead of having you know people go to see him at the club, they're going to go to a drive-in theater. And I just thought, wow. I mean, open space is like that's the big thing to buy now. So if you live by mm-hmm. a field, you need to go talk to your real estate agent and buy a freaking field because that's going to be your money. Because I mean, I'm telling you right now, uh, you know, yeah, elections coming. I'm in the middle. I'm Switzerland. I'm for America. I'm not for anybody. But I'm just telling you right now, you can play this back. I don't think it's going to be a light switch where you turn in like November. Everything's going to be normal. I don't think no. it can be that way because one, oh, no. we're, we're, all of us have been affected by it mentally. Whenever you have human beings affected by something, you, you're going to start acting differently. We're going to, I mean, think about the handshake is like null and void, you know, the hug oh, yeah. is like, you know, unless it's your, you know, your wife, you know, hopefully you're going to, you're going to still hug her and stuff. But, uh, you know, I mean, the, 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 the intimate thing, you know, the, you know, it's going to be more knuckle punches now or, you know, things like that. You just, you just have to be careful. And I guess we're yeah. going to be cleaner than we ever have. And I mean, and we know enough now that it is real. I mean, there was someone out there that said, oh, it's no big deal. And then this person got it. So, I mean, now we know. I mean, hey. It's real stuff, but I mean, chances are the odds are you'll be okay. But but the sad thing is there we we have lost people to it, so it's something we have to take serious. And you know, it's ironic. So uh, I was talking to you guys earlier. I booked up a network show, which I can't say, and it was just last Friday on a major network. And so I I was telling you guys I was going to tell you about that experience and what happened. So See, I, I, I was trying to figure out how to segue there. So you did it for me. <laughs> You can just tell me, hey, Joe, be quiet when I ask no. you. Uh, so, uh, no, I'll keep so, going. Okay, so they called me up, and they, they they actually shot me an email and said, hey, are you available this date? Send me your uh, send me your demo reel and stuff like that. So um, it's it, casting's done a little bit differently. You never know how they're going to do it. But uh, but they said uh, they ended up booking me on this, this network show, and, and I had to go. And, and um, they didn't say, well, as long as you pass the test, they just kind of almost like assumed I would pass. But you basically – I had to take a test. I was required to take a test three days before, two days before I was going in on Friday, two days before I went on, I had to take the test. So um, I had a week's notice though. So uh, um, I'm just going to tell you, I've never had the test done. So I just became ultra paranoid of everything and everyone. And even though I had already quarantined, I already, I wear a mask already. I'm already, I try to be as safe as possible. I try to like clean everything down, but then I just became Uber, the Uber, the Uber, scared now of everything and I thought well you know one thing you don't know if you've never taken the test what if you have a normal cold and you think that it's going to register as you you as having it when if you just have a normal cold so so I uh I uh oh hang on. I'm sorry actually that that's actually that's actually my manager <laughs> ah. Ah. anybody's going to interrupt your 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 uh podcast it's your it's your manager it's my acting manager well he actually just got me an audition so he's calling me about it so oh, which congrats. is cool audition and that hard we can't talk about it but yeah so that's I'll, I'll i'll call him back he can wait but uh um <laughs> at any rate um what the hell was i saying uh, oh, you, you have to do the test. test paranoid so so i started thinking oh my god you know what if i just have a normal cold and then then i started thinking then then you start thinking oh wait a minute there's a tickle in my throat and i started just, everything started to scare the hell out of me because mm-hmm. now it mattered 
like before I was like, oh, if I get it, I'll be fine. You know, I'll just, I'll just, you know, weather the storm. But now I'm like, well, now I won't be to work on a show if I get it. So that was, that was scary as hell. So my paranoia, what I did was I went immediately to, to the grocery store. I had a mask. I wore the, the all the masks. I put on gloves this time. I, I grabbed my fanny pack and I put my fanny pack on because I wanted to put my hand sanitizer in there. So I put my hand sanitizer in there. This is all the things you do when you're paranoid. And then I grabbed, and you know, paranoid because I just want to make sure I passed the test. And I was more worried about not doing the part, but passing the test. And, and, and just because you don't know if there's any kind of shenanigans going on, too. So you're right. thinking, you just don't know. There's these unknowns. So I grabbed all these handkerchiefs. So I wasn't going to touch anything. So I immediately went to the grocery store and I was like, I'm going to go and do garlic, um, raw ginger, and honey. And I started doing the shake, this uh, honey, garlic, raw, you know, the shake every, uh, twice a day. And so no matter what, I just wanted to have the cleanest system there was and to just pass with flying colors, you know, because I just was afraid to have, you know, you never know. I could have any kind of little, because you can get a cold from anywhere, you know. Right. And then uh, so right. I was just, you just become alter, you know, uh, paranoid. Someone knocked on my door and I'm like, what do you want? You know, and I, you know, just all these things happen. But so then I go in to uh, to take the test. I guess it was my first time taking it. And, and then, of course, and then I, I, I think, oh, my God, are they going to shove this thing all the way up my nose into my skull? And and uh, so that's pretty scary. But but they actually didn't. It was just, you know, in the inside part, not too evasive. And they circled around a couple seconds. And then the other thing that goes through your mind is so anybody who's going to have a test done, maybe just blow your nose before you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I should have blown my nose. I didn't blow my nose. So, so not like there's anything in there, but again, it's like, you know, you think, oh, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of gross. So, so key things are blow your nose and it's not so bad anymore because they, I guess we've evolved and they figured out how to do it. So you don't have to shove it up into your skull. So it wasn't bad. <laughs> and and I, I, I actually passed the test. I was so happy that I passed. I, I was, it was like, it was like I, I passed college or something, you know, I was like, okay. But then I thought, oh crap, everybody else I'm working with has to, has to pass too. And it's like, you think, holy crap, there's, there's so much involved now that, that, you know, everybody, you know, that, that everybody has to pass. So it's, it's a weird situation now. So, right. so, um, that's just our life. But the, the people that are, were on this show all the time, they're, I think they take the test every three days and, and they, they just quarantine all the time and they do the Uber Eats and they do, they just really just live an isolated life. And, and that's just what you got to do. Um, you know, um, so, so, uh, but when I, I did go in and, and film and what you do there is, you're going in and, and, and everybody's wearing a mask and there's no, no if, ends or buts. I had my certificate. I had a certificate showing, um, um, showing that, uh, um, that I had passed. So I kept that around with me that I passed the test because you can't get in unless you, unless you, you passed. And then, um, so you, you, uh, you have to wear a mask and then even when you're rehearsing stuff, you have to wear a mask and then you take it off, put it on, things like that. So when you're, when you're actually doing a scene, you take it off, but that's only, but rehearsal, leave it on. So you're constantly on and off, on and off, no food on, no food at all. So you have to make sure that if you're going on something, you know, any but if anybody's listening that, that does work on something or is going to be working on something, bring food because they, they won't supply that anymore. And I, I wasn't thinking about that. And I, when you're 52, it's like you, you require like every single thing. So the moment yeah. you don't get enough, you know, sugar in your brain, it's, it does affect you. So, uh, um, so that, that right. was, and so 
consider. You know, I guess in general, I guess everybody out there, you should always bring a food supply with you just in case. And I didn't do that. So, and this, this was, it wasn't good. So like, like almonds or something like that. You should always have a supply of almonds or something. And I have a lot of friends that do that. And I always look at them funny and like now, you know, and, and I, I really needed it on Friday and I didn't have it. So, so just always, you should have always have a little supply of food in your car because you just never know. It's better to be safe than, than sorry. So, so, you know, that was the experience. It was, you know, it was cool. It was, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, when you go to the airport, you don't mind being frisked and checked because you want to live, you know, same thing when you're working on a set, you're just so happy to be working. You're so happy to be able to perform. You're willing to do almost anything, whatever it takes to, to, to do it. So, uh, you know, and you, and you work with it. It's a, it's a little odd because sometimes you're doing a couple of your stuff, your things with a mask on, so you can't really fully do it, but it is what it is, but you can at least get, you know, things down that way. So, so, uh, you know, it's a, it's a changing world, but it's exciting. And I, you know, I, I've been blessed and I'm, you know, and I, I'm just so happy that you know, have a net, the networks or everybody what's going on is they're finding a way to do it. They're finding a way. How do we operate in this new norm? And, and if you, if you think from that way, cause I'm, I'm a businessman too. So I, I, uh, I, I do I do a lot of different things. I mean, and, um, I work in entertainment. I work as an actor. I work on radio. I do radio stuff. I'm various spots all over the country, and I do uh, I also do marketing. And so uh, I do a combination of everything. And I I tell my marketing people I work with, op, you have to operate in this new norm. You can't go and anticipate oh when it's better next month or when it's better in a couple of weeks now. You you can't you cannot operate that way. You've got to change your thinking. How do I operate? in this new norm and then it's easier to accept and then you figure out how do I operate in this norm because think about it things just don't they're not going to be it's not going to be a light switch it's just not yeah I mean if it is I hope so it would be great but but uh even you know they say even with even if they have something that that cures it you know it's you know uh it's still not going to be how do you get everybody to to, to get test to get the shot or do all this stuff that's a whole undertaking all, all the way there so now it's the new norm is and what's the next virus what's the next thing coming up you know what's yeah. the next thing you have to worry about i mean we can't just look at what we have now what's going to happen down the road so now our new norm is is how do you stay is staying healthy that's the new norm i guess spacesuits or spacesuits on earth for goodness sakes <laughs> that's, my, that's my rant rate but you know well, how do you guys feel about everything well i was, I was gonna ask what with the testing and everything is that something that is set by this by the studios or is that being set by sag and for those who don't know who what sag is sag sag is screen actors guild the, yeah, the yeah, union right, right so so i uh i you know if i say i knew that answer i would say i don't know that answer but when i when i think about it you know i think you know sag is there to protect protect everybody so i'm sure they they have regulations that they have to do but then again you have i think it's like it's something where where a studio is also going to want to protect everybody and protect their own interest as well. So I think it's something that no matter what, one or the other is going to be requiring it. Even if one didn't, I'm sure the other would. You know, um, I did work on, now I, I know the city doesn't require anything like that because I actually worked on a uh, kind of an independent pilot, a uh, pilot where it was, uh, it was in downtown LA and we were filming on location and uh, you know, they got permits and everything. We actually had a, uh, um, and when you're filming outside, the, you actually do get um, police, and they, they, they get police that will, will, will that 
that come to the set and they're they're your security and um um so they're, they're still they are issuing per film permits and stuff like that on the streets they don't require the mask or anything but the, the police all you know a couple months ago the police weren't wearing them now you see them all wearing them which is nice because they realize it's like you know at first they're like wait a minute but they, we have to everybody has to set an example right and, and when you're in a position of authority um, so, but uh, but the city doesn't really require it, but they are giving you know film permits. That's that's exciting. You know, it's so funny, not funny, but uh, I, I I was playing a role in downtown LA, and um, I was a, an officer in this in this pilot, and it's it's kind of scary when you're you do it when you're actually in LA because you know you do have people around there they're watching, and sometimes you get some hecklers and things like that. It's a scary time. Um, thank God we had we had security there, but uh, it's it's pretty. It's a pretty scary time and, and uh and then wearing a uniform you know i looked like the real thing and because you're they're dressing you to be the real thing it's you know you feel like a target i felt pretty scared to tell you the truth um i'm wearing anything <laughs> but again I, i'm happy to be working and, and uh i worked on a, a great project which will which kind of shows all sides everybody's got a perspective everybody there's a side for everything and, and you know and we uh the people that produced this project i worked on um, it's it's just about introducing all perspectives. Um, not saying anybody's right or wrong. It's just sometimes you, you everybody has to always stop and look at all the perspectives. And and again, it doesn't mean anyone is right or wrong. It just means right. what made somebody act this way. What made the other person act this way? And all parties have to understand that. And and it's, it's my father used to say something: seek first to understand, then to be understood. And and that's a lot what's going on in a lot of situations where people just really they have a misunderstanding of what the heck's really going on and there's other perspectives and you know i i just i know i've had so many things done with to me that they weren't looking at all perspectives i i make one of my premier rules that I, I never go and make a judgment without hearing my own mental judgment without hearing all the sides you just have to because even if you don't think there's another side to a story that there always is another side they're always always is there's and you may not it could be so far away you, you just never thought of it there's another side always always get an other person a chance sometimes you just say there's no way there's no way this is what they were thinking and that's not that's you, you can't you can't do that you, you always have to hear all sides no matter what yeah i i 100 of the time there is another perspective and it may be good or bad it may be right or wrong i don't, I don't know but there is another perspective and we all have to look at all the, the pers perspectives so but uh, but it's an interesting time and and you know I I do feel great that that uh, the entertainment industry is is figuring out a way to work. It is a little bit yeah. concerning that you hear major theaters are closing down. You know that's a little bit scary. But yeah. you know it, it's another. Well, here's the thing: we have other platforms. I mean, the, we are in an internet revolution, and we're talking you know Netflix, right. Hulu, Amazon. Um, Apple. I mean, there's so many ways to get your your stuff out there. We don't necessarily need the theater, you know. I mean, I'm not. I mean, believe me, it's nice to be on a big old screen, but it, it's not going to stop filmmaking if right. if uh, if a theater goes out because you know what it is is we can we can stream everything on our phone, our TV, yeah. wherever you are, and, well, and, and, and content can go out. You know, Bob Bob Jacob uh, Bob Jacob Bob Chapek, uh, CEO of Disney, just said that Disney's focus is going to be right now uh, with entertainment streaming and putting thing you know bringing content to 
Disney Plus and, and of course, Hulu that uh, we are majority owner of. But we'll, uh, I say we because I do work for, for Disney. Um, but Disney will be sole owner of Hulu by 2025 as part of the part of the uh, part of a buyout that they did with Comcast to, to buy their shares. So um, but it's. You know, they said most of their focus is, is that, and that that had people going. Well, there goes the coffin into, or there goes the final nail into the coffin for the movie theaters because that's going to kill the movie theaters. Right. Well, right now, pan- it's the pandemic's killing the movie theaters. Yeah, that, I mean, so, but we'll see. Think, like we're talking about, is the, the driving movie theater now? It's going to come in. So, so there will be now. Yeah. It's going to be again. If you know anybody, it's got a plot of land that's pretty close to on the outskirts of town. Now's a good time, a good box to buy a little piece of some flat land that has some parking you could put up a big old screen and and put a little thing and, and uh mm. hell you know that now's a good time to buy some flat land and yeah. in your town wherever your town is go ahead and do it if you're in Kissimmee if you're in Kissimmee then you need to buy some flat land and and put in because I mean back where I grew up I grew up in Maryland and uh I mean we had a we had a drive-in theater it was pretty prevalent and then I think I guess they tore it down in the uh maybe late 70s or something like that late 70s 80s or something early 80s it was it was like they were dead it was done and uh but now you know i i, I won't be surprised if you see a re- resurgence of them for everything think about concerts now will be yep. oh, yeah. be concerts whatever less of a crowd um and if you think about it too think about when it comes like what happened in vegas and it was such a sad tragedy but if there's places where now everything's outdoor drive-in that's a little bit safer to be in your car right than out in the yeah. field Oh, yeah. There's a little safer from that perspective. So, uh, you know, you're going to see a little bit more of that. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what, what, what happens with times. But uh, but um, the you know, the entertainment industry, it, you know, we'll see a change. And some of the things that were going to happen regardless probably are going to happen a little faster now, like with the streaming. Exactly, yeah. I think it was already kind of trending towards that anyway so i think the pandemic just kind of sped it up a little yeah right it, it's uh yeah it's it's sped it up and if you think about all the channels and all the networks now it's like it's like it's it's crazy and uh um i guess one of my mm. goals is try to get on almost every network i possibly can and um <laughs> <laughs> I've had a good year. I uh, I just did something that aired um, just a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago on the Travel Channel, a show called Believers. So if anybody has Travel Channel, um, go to like Travel Channel Go. You can look at all the old episodes. But you go to Travel Channel Go and um, look up Believers. And um, I was in an episode called, uh, what was it called? A wreck. Something Wreck. It was a wreck yard. It was uh, um, something Wreck. Um, um, you can watch that. And then I've, um, ID Discovery is another one. Uh, I was on there recently, Lifetime. So there's so many different streaming networks um, other than just the normal, um, you know, the normal um, networks that we've had you know, years ago. It's just so opened up. Right. And, and everything available. According to your IMDb, you played a character yeah. named Chuck Perry in an episode called Nervous Wreck. That's exactly what I was just talking about. Wow, that's it. Well, that's you, it. You, you, when we were chatting earlier today, uh, you meant you gave me your IMDb link, and I figured, well, I'll have it up just in case we need it for reference. Well, per- well, perfect. Yes. Yeah. So uh, it, I play this character's name is Chuck Perry, and it's called Nervous Wreck um, on on the Travel Channel, and it was pretty cool because you know a lot of people, um, the Travel Channel, starting to put out a lot of stuff on paranormal. Yeah. So I play a guy that owned a, a wreck yard, uh, wreck 
backyard and, and um, I explained this how about this whole paranormal experience and everything and and it was it aired I think on like a Friday night a couple of weeks ago but it was really interesting because I have friends all over the country and I'm getting my phones blown up because I you know a lot of people you know I always <laughs> post something to be on something but I a lot of people didn't know and they're like I think I just saw I just saw it on Travel Channel and so that it was pretty exciting too that there's a lot they have a Travel Channel is a good amount of viewers for the paranormal uh, that, that watch that stuff and same thing with ID Discovery there's a lot of viewers yeah. there too yeah. um, and those have been the, the networks I've been on more recently and it's funny you go places now people start they look at you like twice once or twice you know and they like as if they've seen you somewhere and they can't kind of put their finger on it but but a lot of people do watch those shows and um, but it was, it was interesting to get to get to have a show that's on and you're getting all these texts from people all over the country you're watching and saying, "Hey, I'm watching you right now. Pretty cool stuff." So, uh, so yeah, that that that's all. I'll never get. I'll never be uh, tired of that. That's always fun. Now, since I've got IMDb up, uh, yeah. I noticed you've got in your early works a lot of soap opera experience here. Right, right. I uh, how how, the- how is that different than doing something like Believers or uh, a show like Jesse, which will get to here in a minute? Um, okay, so the the soap work was great. I mean, uh, I, I started off at that in my my early years. Actually, one of my first my uh, one of my first things I did was uh, a show called You Wrote It, You Watch It. It was a show on MTV. It was hosted by John Stewart. That was kind of my first. Oh yeah, yep. That was but uh, years ago, and uh, um, that was back in the day. And some of the people in there, um, they've done you know very well. And uh, um, that was a that was a fun show to do. We had we actually had a lot of freedom because we would do certain skits. It was it was back it was like a comedy it used to we do certain skits and then we could throw in and, and add we would add stuff to as we as we as we went along and we were filming things so there's a lot of freedom there as well because it kind of uh mtv was still in its infantile stage when it came to their network so we had a little bit of of, of freeness when it comes to like ad limiting and doing certain things if we were doing a certain part we're like hey i'm gonna say this is this and so we would kind of add our own stuff in there that would make it funny and make it work and and <laughs> They typically didn't have a problem with it, so that that, that would be cool. That so, was uh, that was back when there was a little bit of shows in between all the music. That's right. Yeah. Now exactly. it's a little bit of music between a lot of ridiculousness. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. And uh, but uh, but we were talking about the soaps. Soaps are soaps were a little, little bit different because it's uh um I I one of my earlier walk on the rolls was on um on guiding or uh, guiding light. And um, it, it, it was fun. It was a great experience. Um, they what I can say about soaps are it's kind of a uh, it's um kind of like an assembly line. Um, and it's it's kind of it's really hasn't changed much over the years. But uh, it's an assembly line where like they have their stuff. You you just it's all ready to go. They have their four cameras around. They they got their angle. Like when you're doing a normal TV show or a film, you got this angle. Then you go okay. Now we're moving cameras around. They do that angle. You're doing stuff multiple times to get to different angles when you're doing a soap it's it's typically they have all the cameras there so it's usually one or two takes and you're done um and and then and they got it and you know the, the mics are up in the air and everything's right. all set to, and they 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 got you i mean they there's I mean, you may not think a camera's on you but there's a camera on you when it comes to stuff pretty cool um 
I, uh, what, what's really cool about, about my episode, <clears throat> one of the thing, I did an episode on, uh, on Guiding Light, and um, there was like a dance number in it. And um, they, when there's a dance number, they hire choreographers. And I've talked about this before, but uh, so I had a choreographer for this dance number. And the crazy thing is, is um, I, I, I love television. I'm just a fanatic about people I watched before when I was younger. So back when I was a kid, I used to watch Laverne and Shirley all the time. And um, and Happy Days, they're like they were the staples, you oh, know. Yeah. Yes, they were. Incredible Hawk, but but Laverne and Shirley, I mean that Laverne and Shirley Happy Days, they were like the, to me the font. Um, Henry Winkler was just the coolest guy on the planet. You can't get cooler than him. In fact, you still can't get cooler than Henry Winkler. But it's like everybody wanted to be Henry Winkler, where you could just hit something and it would turn on or whatever. But so what was cool is I go in there and and my choreographer on Guiding Light was the guy that played the. the Big ragu, oh. he because he, he played a dancer on the show. Yeah, he's truly a real dancer, and uh, he he, was the, he choreographed the, uh, the the dance number I was in. So that was really it was so cool, man. And and it was it's nostal it's just nostalgic. It's like how can you not think that? I just That's thought awesome. I just thought it was cool as hell. I I don't care. I always think that stuff's cool. And uh, I remember, you know, and I'm younger too. This is like 93, so I wasn't that far out of high school. So it wasn't like it was, you know, it was a long time from now. But then it was, you know, um, I remember leaving the studio. And as I was walking out, um, I hear this fella say, uh, hey, see you later, Joe. And I turned around and it was the big ragu saying, mm-hmm. see you, Joe. And I thought, oh, oh that's cool. <laughs> like looking at the Grand, I was like looking at the Grand Canyon. I, I, I took a breath. I was like, oh, my God, the big ragu knows I'm alive. And, you know, <laughs> you know, wow. How cool is that? I mean, I mean, that's just I just think that was that's just cool. You can't you know, think about you watch a show so many times when you're a kid, you know, all the time. And then all of a sudden, you know, you. you meet somebody that that was on it you know um um, and any accident happy days as well um out out here uh the the guy uh, gary marshall um who created happy days i i heard the story how he looked out um where he lived and and he started naming characters after street names and um i eventually i actually met gary marshall probably a, a year before he passed i sat next wow. to him during a night uh he was oh, a wow. great great really sweet sweet man very sweet man great energy um, um i just thought he, he was awesome man it was great to really to to meet the guy that what he he uh did he i think he directed pretty woman isn't that correct do you I guys know that think so i can find out well and then of course happy days i mean he, he yeah. created happy days and laverne and shirley you know he created right, exactly he, yeah. I mean, he, he such an i to meet such an icon um was just i uh so with my thing with with um with gary marshall was i was at he had a theater i think it's called ford's theater he had a theater in and uh in um in west hollywood in um burbank and um, I went there to, to see a, a play at his theater. And um, when I came out, he has at the theater, he has the, the Zoltar machine from the movie Big, which is really one of my favorite oh, yeah. It's one of my movies. Yeah. So, so I wasn't trying to be facetious. I was being serious because Big is my favorite movie. And I said, I asked Gary if I could, if he wanted to sell it to Zoltar, Zoltar, <laughs> and, uh, and he wouldn't sell it to me. He goes, it was a penny, uh, Penny Marshall owned it. My sister owns it, and he wouldn't sell it to me. So, but he goes, he goes, you can have your picture taken with it. And I'm thinking, you know, and I did. I had my picture taken with Zoltar instead of Gary Marshall. I was like, come on. I mean, <laughs> Gary Marshall, what the, what an icon. I mean, this guy was is such a huge part of Hollywood and all yep. the things he created. 
And uh, I, I'm just, I am glad that I had the opportunity to, to meet this, this amazing man. And he definitely was a light. You could just tell that this guy was a light. He was a uh, well-loved and liked by everybody. Yeah. Such a friendly guy. And, and, uh, and he, he obviously, you know, he loved the entertainment industry. He loved theater. He loved acting. He loved all that stuff like I do. He was director of Pretty Woman. He was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but, so I tried to buy the Zoltar machine from, from, from <laughs> no, no success. And, you know, I, I, really would i would i would really consider buying it i really would and uh but uh, uh yeah so no luck no luck well with with penny gone and gary gone who knows where it's at now that that's true i i'm i'm yeah, assuming really. he's probably still in their theater and i don't think anybody would probably sell it yeah you know, but i still want it <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, Big was my Big was one of my favorite movies. That was um, a my great other movie. two favorite movies. The other one is um, Midnight. Yeah, yeah. Midnight in Paris is another favorite movie. Okay, I don't know if any guys have seen. If you haven't seen it, if you two have not seen Midnight in Paris, I have seen Midnight I, in Paris. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're um, we're not that much younger than you. Okay, I, I'm. I you you said you're 52. I just turned 50. Uh, Derek, you're late 40s. 46. 46. 46. 46 yeah. You're a blink away. From being fifty, you're a. I know. I'm already there. <laughs> but interesting. So I, I, all the things I do now at fifty, I do apple cider vinegar now. I do more water. I just started doing ginger, which I learned how to do. I grind up ginger every day now. I'm just trying to live that clean life, you know. Being in your fifties, you got to do things a little bit differently. Yeah. But I, I run every day. I, I you know, you want to stay in shape. You know, it's it's so funny. You do things on on television, and I'm sorry, but the camera does make you look bigger than what you really are because yeah. when most people meet me they think i'm a little bit bigger or taller and i'm like <laughs> they're like what <laughs> you don't look like you, you don't look like you you did you, yeah. you do you know so uh so I, I i still try to stay in shape and just not not only that because sometimes there's scenes that require you know it could be a fight scene you never want to lose a part because you're not in shape or you're you're not physically in shape and and then being in shape is more about like being limber enough to be able to move around you know and because you could look like you're in shape but you really can't move it's just about you know being able to still move your arms and and, and do things like that so i i always want to be available for that and try to keep myself in really really good shape and yeah actually my background was more in when i first first started was in, in fitness that's actually how i was able to uh kind of uh, when i when i moved to new, i moved to new york after I, as soon as i graduated college college i moved to new york and i used to do a lot of fitness stuff and um and that was kind of what i used to get kind of in the door for some television shows in the very beginning um i i used the uh you know there's always they always need a big old guy you know and i want i fit, i marketed myself as like you know because i was i was actually mr maryland in 1993 so um oh, wow. I, of, uh, I had actually i ended up doing a calendar i had a, a fitness or a, actually had a, a national calendar that was in every mall throughout the united states in 1993 and i huh. used that calendar as kind of my calling card to to get into tv shows and it, and it worked it helped open the door a little bit faster you always need a little something to make somebody you know maybe uh, right. uh you know, catch their attention you know things like that so uh so do that kind of stuff so, so yeah now you you worked with uh, you appeared on three episodes of a sitcom that starred christina applegate and that's the show jesse that we were talking about earlier right 
How did that oh, come man. about? That was a great show, by the way. Oh, did, did you guys remember it? You I do. It? I do. Really? Yeah. I, whenever somebody watched something I worked on, I'm always, I'm always pleased. Or if somebody <laughs> recognized me from something I worked on, I love that too. So that came about. Um, it's an interesting story. So uh, uh, um, I was actually some. I, I, well, man, you gotta, you don't want to say too much, but. Uh, uh, I, I knew some people and um, I was able to uh, make some interviews or some meetings with some of the, the producers and um, they, they agreed to meet with me and um, and they, they asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, I want to I said, I'm, I, I, but I was I lived in New York and I was living in New York for nine years. And it's kind of a crazy story, which all goes to to the show here. But uh, what really happened was um, my grandfather was an actor back a long, long time time ago uh before my uh my mother was born and he was actually here in california and he was actually out here for about six months or so and he, he did like an episode of of the uh three stooges and, oh, wow. and, you know, and so he, he was doing something like that and he was a my fa- grandfather was a, was a singer and i'm not a singer but he was a musician he he, he played six different instruments he went to peabody and and, and uh oh, wow. he was just a very very talented man so he kind of gave me the spark and but one thing when I was uh you know in New York and I think when I was getting ready on my journey, he said to me, "Don't go to California until somebody calls you because it's too lonely there." And you know I'm a very I admit this, but it's true I'm a very suggestible person. And so I think things sometimes things happen happen for a reason. And so I listened to to his voice and and and, um, and I you know and I waited and I was in New York and I did everything I could possibly to get, come out here California where I am now. And um, he said, don't go there until somebody calls you. It's just way too lonely. So I, I was just frightened and scared to death of coming out here and being lonely, you know, even though mm. New York is just as damn, was just as damn lonely as, as California, you know, <laughs> because I, I moved to places where I had no family and just purely for the entertainment world. So, so, uh, but he, he said, wait, wait, wait for that, wait for that call. So, but I did things to try to get out here, but, you know, I was in New York for, for uh, nine years years and, oh, wow. and for that call and and uh i just didn't want to pack my bags and head out i was waiting for a call you know i had a couple auditions with some shows that were out here but nothing was happening and then and then um lo and behold i think i was in my ninth year in new york city and i and i was living in this really small apartment 23rd and lex lexington avenue and I get a call from a buddy of mine and he said, hey, Joe, I, I have a show. My girlfriend has a show. It's probably a good time for you to come out here to California. And there's the call. It was like there was the call I was waiting for. And and I got the call. I was like, this is it. And so I had lived in the same place for nine years and I was gone within a week. I packed up everything and I was gone right away. There was no offense or buts. There was no question. There was nothing. That was it. I'm leaving. I'm done. That's it. There's my call that I waited for for nine years. And I, I don't, I honestly don't think I ever sat down and told my buddy the, the what, what I, about the story because it's, you know, it was my, yeah. my distance was waiting for a call. And I didn't know who the call was, where the call was going to come from, how it was going to come. I had no idea. I just knew I was waiting for a call. And I got the call and that was like miraculous. And and then I was like, okay, then I'm, I'm here. And, and, and I came out here and, and then I had the opportunity to uh, meet with some of the uh, the producers of, of the show, of the show, uh, Jesse, and, and uh, they asked 
asked me what I'd done, and, and you know, and you know, I'd done. I was doing some off off Broadway uh, theater in New York, so I did a lot of theater in New York. Um, I was doing, still doing, you know, walk-ons and soaps. I did a independent. I was doing independent films and things like that. So, so I was just doing everything, you know, doing it all. And uh, it was the next step. Was it was time to come California? But you know, uh, you know, sometimes I look back, and that's a long period of time to be waiting for something. But you know, um, I uh, one of the things I wanted to do too is become a father and that was a big you know we all have things that we want to do in life and, and one of the things I want to do was be a father and and when you're when you're when you introduce children into the world it turns into a world of stability and and it, at that point you know things are a little bit different so so but I, I end up coming out here and I end up working on the sitcom I did three I guess started in, in three episodes it was it was surreal it was great it was wonderful um um got a lot of experience from it you know and then um and then things happened i ended up um, not ended up well i became a father and then at that point i would do some things here and there but it was more about you know being a father and um one that's what i really you know one of the I, we all have goals you know entertainment was definitely a goal but but being a parent was something I don't know if you could say as a goal, but I wanted to be a father. I literally I remember being in high school and and visualizing or seeing my children. And um, I could see I, I, I wanted a boy and a girl and I actually have a boy and a girl. And um, I saw my kids. And, and to me, I was I, I you know, I always wanted my kids to be proud of me. But I, I remember being in high school. and I, I used to run track. And, um, and when, when you run long distance, you can do nothing but think. So, you know, I would just think about my future. And I was just thinking about how I wanted to be a father. So so uh, I did spend a good amount of time working on stability and, and being a, a father. And obviously, my role as a father is forever. You'll always be a father. But my um, so so the entertainment industry kind of I didn't do as much I did some things here and there very little bit I ended up doing a, a play that ended up getting published and, and I'm in a, which is another cool thing but uh, um, it took a back seat the, the entertainment industry took a back seat to just stability and then I kind of worked more in the business world so um, uh, time um, the entertainment industry kept you know going and and I kind of watched from a distance hungry anticipating wanting to to push it again and, and uh, you know my um, my kids started getting older and you know they didn't require me as much as they did when they were younger they're like doing their own thing you know my son's 18 now my daughter's 15 and they're off doing their own stuff now and it's like you're as a parent you're kind of like you know you're 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 there but you're, they're not you know they kind of don't necessarily want to hang out with you all the time. So, you know, my kids knew about my, my stuff and, and they encouraged me to continue something that I started. And we're, I, I work for a marketing company, which I'm due now. And um, I have a, a, um, a co a co-manager I work with and he's a writer and we would, would be two, two fellas. And we were like, you know, basically in our fifties saying he was a writer and he put it on hold and, and then I was the, the actor. And we said, you know what, we, we need to finish what we started. And, and so we kind of egged each other on to to finish what we started um, in the entertainment industry, and um, um, uh, and that's what I did. So about three years ago, um, I decided to uh, to take the extra time I have now uh, when my kids are doing their own thing, and I'm going to push the entertainment industry. And um, my buddy was saying, "Hey, they they like guys with wrinkles and stuff, you know? They have little aids on them, and you know, and, and when you it's it's uh, so I went and, and things were a little bit different." Like when you sign in for an audition, everything's electronic and, you know, you have to put your glasses. You guys wear glasses, but yep. I, I wear glasses, but I try not. 
want to, but you know, you got to sign, everything's electronic now and you have to kind of figure all that stuff out, but it's actually a little bit better than it was then. And, and uh, so I started pushing things and, and um, 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 I started getting people that wanted to talk to me. I think, you know, when you, when you did have some things in the past that you did, um, that people recognize, it makes it easier to kind of go right into it again, in a sense. And, you know, you, you know, you know, uh, you know, and, but you have to kind of recreate and figure out who you are again, because, you know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't some 20 or 30 year old anymore. I'm in my fifties. So you have to think, identify who you are, who are you, what kind of character are you, what kind of character can you present yourself as? And, and, um, what's cool is, 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 you know, you, you, uh, everything starts from your mind and you have to figure out, okay, um, can I do this or would they still want to hire me for stuff and and um and um i started pushing it and and um i started one of the first things i got was uh was a was a was a soap about three years ago another walk on roll again and it was i'm there i go i go from one day in an office to being on a major major studio um the next and and man i, I tell you what it's like you know uh, it's it's a it's a wonderful surreal feeling to to know that that you can say hey um i'm going to finish something i started when i was younger and then go right back and then you're and it's it's pretty damn incredible it's it's real it's really cool and then i end up getting something on i got a series for on lifetime uh, life, a tv show on lifetime called crazy love so uh i book something on lifetime and then i end up getting uh, end up doing some some uh, projects some films on amazon they're amazon right now um then i uh, booked a show called uh uh, on it's called Betrayed on ID Discovery. I play a detective, a supporting role, um, some great stuff. And then um, I ended up getting booked on something else on the show that we just talked about called Believers on you know, the Travel Channel. So literally, I just keep getting more and more stuff. And um, it's it's been it's I I, I feel I God, I feel it's it's surreal. I feel blessed. Um, I'm grateful. Um, I'm thankful that I chose to to have that time and, and being a present father, but. It's so funny. It's almost like the the universe is kind of paying you back and saying, "Hey, thank you for for doing that. We're going to help you out a little bit." And it's you know, it's 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 just really surreal because you you sit back all this time and you you see this stuff, and all of a sudden it's really happening and it's really coming true. And 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 you know, and, and to me, every time I get called from somebody to work on a project. It's just, I, I can't tell you, I can't, I'm going to tell you how exciting it is. It's just, it doesn't feel real. And, and, and it just, it just makes you so grateful. But, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes people go, oh, can you help me out? It's like, you know, the thing is, is I've been pushing this for 30 years. <laughs> you know, yeah. you do something, you're doing it for 30 years. It's not like it just happened yesterday. And, and, and it's, and what I'm finding now is every little thing I'm doing, it's just, it just gets you to that point. You just get more and more stuff from the stuff you already got. So, uh, um, but one thing is for certain is sometimes I get caught up in things. And, and at my age now, I realize, um, and you guys can relate to this, is when I get too caught up and I want things right now, I know I got to stop and, and just be, when you get to, you know, in your 50s, you got to stop and just be thankful and make sure you're thankful for everything you have. Um, I'm thankful I have my children. I'm thankful that, that I, you know, that I own a home. I'm thankful that I have my health. And, and, and you know, you got to learn to now, I'm learning now that the importance of enjoying the journey and being appreciative uh, yeah. because it's, you know, my grandfather used to sing a song that's, um, uh, it's later than you think. You know, you know, when you get to be, you know, our age, you know, you got when we get to be in your 50s, late 40s, you know, it is later than you think. And at some point in time, you have to say, I'm going to 
stop and make sure that I appreciate everything and enjoy life and be thankful. And, and it's uh, so that's when I get caught up in things and trying to like push my way up to the next level, um, I, I have to stop and say, wait a second, just stop and be thankful. And, and um, over the years, I, I've met some pretty influential people who were um, they, they I guess they taught me that not by telling me, but by their actions that that I knew that they didn't necessarily they just kept fighting for that next thing. And, and, you know, when you get to a certain point, when I was younger, I was like that. I'll be happy when I have this. I'll be happy when I have that. I'll be happy when I do this. I'll be happy when they give me this. I'll be happy. And, and the thing is, is you keep doing that. You, you'll never be happy. You have to find a way to be happy with what you have now. And, and so um, I, I, you know, I have no choice because for God's sake, we don't know. We don't know. We just don't know. And so, and then you have to make sure that you're present with all the, and present with all the people that are in your family that you love and make sure that you're available. Um, so that's kind of the, the involvement now, but, but man, I'm, I'm definitely in a good place. And, and so I, I been doing a lot of like PR and stuff like that. And, and, and there's a lot of times I get people listening. And, and one thing I just want to say for anybody listening is and make it part of my thing is, is, you know, if you're older and there's something that you didn't do when you're younger that you started, it's it's never too late to to uh, do what you started or thought about when you're younger. You can make it happen. And, and you know, I'm working double as hard. I, when I was younger, I worked I worked really hard when I was in college. I was I worked really hard. And, and so now I find myself working as hard as I did when I was in college. And and uh, um, but I think when you want some great things, you have to work really hard for it. And when so when opportunities come, you're you're prepared. And it's just the, the textbook thing. When you have an opportunity, um, you're prepared for it. And I guess the best example, too, would be, you know, I got a call from a casting person that said, hey, send me your reel. And I'm constantly working on my reel. I know how to edit my own reel and do all the other stuff. And it's something that I'm constantly working on. So it's, it's knowing that you're always, and I'm always trying to work on projects that show a different side of me. We all have multiple sides, you know, I, I have one side, you know, so, uh, so uh, when I had that opportunity, Hey, show me your reel. I need it right now. And it's like five seconds. I had to hurry up and zoom it over. And then you end up getting something from your reel that you were working on that you spent the last three or four years building. Right. Um, it, it's just it's textbook and um, it's it's great that it, that it can happen. So uh, and then, of course, more work begots more work. And then when you do more things, you uh, I do believe in visualization. And, and so now um, I've done things that are like so incredible that it's easier for me to visualize stuff because it, it's already happened. I don't know if you can see, like I have pictures in my office here. Whenever I work on something, I like to surround myself and put um, in my office and put like pictures up. I, and my other side, which you don't see is like stuff more from a long time ago. I have like, like calendars I did and posters and things like that. Some of the older shows. And I just, I, for my office, I want it to be things I've done to, so I can realize that, that, you know, I, I thought about something and, and I took action and I made it happen. And, and I want to be reminded of that all the time, that everything does start, start from a thought because sometimes we're doing things and, and we just like, Oh, forget it. I don't feel like doing it. I'm tired or whatever. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, because I, I've been pushing through the tire, pushing through this or that, um, I'm, I'm having the success and, and knowing that it all comes from a vision and that your visions, um, you can make your visions come true um, if you believe it's possible. Right. You know? 
So happy times, man. So anyways, my thing for people is make sure that whatever it is, if you want to start a business or coffee place, even though we're going through a crazy time, you can still do it if you believe it, if you believe yeah. it's possible. Oh, yeah. You know? So, Derek, you got anything else for, for Joe? Um, no, I think everything was covered pretty well. Uh, I think you have a great outlook on life, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really nice to see. Yeah. 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 It, it's fun. It's fun. I definitely want to, um, I just definitely want to be able to help other people. And, and even more importantly, my, my, my children, I guess, even if you, you, you know, any parents out there that have kids, you know, you know, realistically, I, I tell my kids now, and it's not just, I'm not just saying it. They, they actually can see it because they know the, the struggle and how I talk about it. But when you uh, continuously push something, it may take, it may take 30 years, but it can happen. <laughs> I'm a perfect example of someone that it, it it's taken me 30 years towards something. Yep. And then when it really happens, it's, and it feels different because you, you don't, you, you don't see it. I don't see things as being lucky or anything like that. It's uh, working really, it's a combination. It's, it is luck, but it's also being prepared for that luck when it happens and that knowing that when you really want something you can do it it's just you don't know how long it's going to take to get it that's the, the factor right. that's the, right take a long time so so just keep on going in, in a slow and steady pace and i think and then you know carpe diem you know seize the day and make sure every day is is an advancement towards what you want to do um i guess the one thing i guess if i were, were to like leave everybody with and to the end everything was is a couple of years ago i guess throughout my life i i've my happiness was more or less based on people. And, um, you know, if, if this relationship works or if this goes well, then, then everything will be good. And, and, um, I ended up, I found this, I don't know how it came to me, but I ended up finding this, um, this quote from Einstein and, you know, you know, we know Einstein is just a, a great physicist, but he was, he was a philosopher. He, he was more of the, he was a thinker, a thinker of everything. And he, he, uh, he, he has a quote, you can Google and look it up. And he said, happiness should be based on, on, um, happiness shouldn't be based on people or things, but on your goals. And, and so I've kind of applied that principle because, you know, it's easy for, for all of us to say, well, I'm going to be happy if everything's going good in my, in my marriage or my relationship. I'm going to be happy if my kids do great on that test or if my kids obey me or if my kids do this. But the thing about it is, is you can't control your, you can't control people. You can't control your children. You can't control your wife. You know, obviously, you know, the, it's, it's, it, you want to have a great relationship, but the thing about it is if you truly want to be happy, you can't hand over your happiness to other people. No matter how much you love them, um, you have to right. put happiness within yourself towards your goals. And then, of course, share the goodness of your happiness with your family and friends and, and teach them from what you've learned. So so um, Einstein has really, I think, changed my life in my later years that, that my happiness is based on goals and then sharing my happiness with my family and with those, with my children and, and things like that. So so I want to leave everybody with that. Put your happiness on your goals and, and never on a person because it's not fair to them. It's not fair to you. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Nice. 
Where can people find you online? Yeah. Okay. So, so if you want to find me, uh, obviously I, I have one of those old fashioned emails. If anybody ever wants to email me and ask questions, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I do converse with a lot of people, but my, my, I have an email, Joe Finfera at AOL.com. I've had that for what, 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> my first email was Joe Finfera at AOL.com. That is my very first email. That's, that's where you can email me if ever, you ever want to ask a question, but, uh, hey. Um, it's like on. it's like the old uh, crusader from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You chose that's wisely. Right. That's right. Because you could have gone. You could have gone with CompuServe. That's true. I, I guess I did choose wisely. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I literally remember putting in that disc in my computer, and and you got mail and setting up my AOL account and the dial-up thing you had going on. Uh, it was like it was oh, yeah. um, I was in New York City. I, I set up my first email in New York City and, and I've kept it ever since. But you can go, you can also <laughs> find me on, you know, to see kind of what work I'm doing. What I've done in the past is IMDB. I always want people to go there um, and, and look up. Right? You can see you can see different shows I've worked on. You can see some of my reels. You can see some pictures of different things. And over the years, I got stuff going back from from just you know a couple of weeks ago to to back in 1992 on um, you know some different shows I did. So it's definitely a good thing. So look, look me up on IMDb, Joe Finfera, F I N F E R A, and then um, you can um, on YouTube. And if you just Google my name, actually, you can always look up different things, um, different shows I've worked on and see different things and and youtube i have a lot of stuff on youtube i'm always posting different things and obviously you can go to shows like id discovery and look up to betrayed i think i'm in episode four of season four of betrayed on id discovery i'm on a show called uh a trout uh it's called believers on the travel channel which talked yep. about chuck perry that's on um travel channel go um i have some shows coming out um which i cannot say i wish i could i'm extremely excited um, that uh, I that have a network show coming out uh, next month, um, and then of course um, the movie uh, that with Paul Rodriguez, where I play a, a, a reporter, is um, CholoZombies.com. You can buy the movie, and um, I think you'll like it. It's it's definitely funny. We're we're kind of hoping it will be kind of like a cult phenomenon, and possibly translate into something to, uh, down the road that would be a uh, kind of like a. Uh, 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 Santa Clarita diet type thing. So, so um, I'm available everywhere. I guess just Google my name. Um, you can also reach me on Instagram, Joe Finfair on Instagram, Joe Finfair on Twitter. I, I don't really seem to do Twitter too much because man, everybody on there is, just seems to be complaining about something. It seems to be like, everybody's so angry and it's like yeah, uh, that. Yeah. so uh um i like putting stuff on facebook um but you can find me on facebook i'm limited on friends instagram is probably the best way because i don't think you're limited on friends on, on instagram so you can follow me on instagram i do like facebook a lot more though i think facebook is just so genius because you know what a way to bring i know i'm being verbose but you know i remember when i was younger you know when you know, back in the day you know you ever have a group of buddies and you're around them and you're like god i wish we could always be together in this room and yeah. and uh you know what i mean and oh, like, yeah. you, yep. you go to class reunion and you go to your class reunion and you see all your friends and your buddies or family members and stuff and you like you just want to keep all them in this bubble and if you think about it that's that's what Facebook is. How genius is that? That you can stay connected to people that you, the family members you haven't seen in a while, to high school friends that moved off, and you're, you're off in these places. And if you ever, you, always, you know, back in the day, we used to always say, "Wonder what so and 
so-and-so is doing. Well, if you want to know, go to their Facebook page and start looking at their posts and you can see what they've been doing. So what a, what a brilliant idea. And, I, and, it, and actually, that, I think that comes from colleges. College create, help these kids create ideas and they create a fabulous thing called Facebook and, and, and Instagram and things like that. So um, hats off to things like that, that that really do bring us all together. So anyway, Instagram, oh. Facebook, all that other stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us. It was a blast. Good. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, so go, f- go find Joe on Facebook, Google him, IMDBM. Look for Cholo Zombies to come out. Uh, go to Cholo, CholoZombies.com. Yes, sir. That's it. To, to buy it after October 24th. Uh, yes, sir. I will probably be there myself looking to possibly get a copy. Thank and, you. Uh, and on that note, we're going to leave you asking. Want to know more? <laughs> So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? Fans of podcast, I am Rusted Robot. Rusted Robot is seven feet tall. Yes, I've heard. Episodes in the hundreds with pop culture reviews and geek style news. I am Rusted Robot Podcast. You have come here for geek. Will you listen? Listen for free. No, we will run and we will live. I run and you'll live and dying in your beds many years from now. Would you be willing to trade all those days and come back here for just one more listen? They may take our lives, but they'll never take our rusted robot podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This has been a Weeby Geeks production.